Hello, welcome to the Christchurch Podcast. It's been a little while since we've done a devotion, but for Holy Week this week, leading up to Easter, we thought we would jump on here and give a, a word of encouragement and uh, give you a few things to reflect upon leading up to Sunday morning. And so I'm here, this is Jared with Andy, and we're just going to share a few things uh, and just be on here for a couple minutes and we have not really rehearsed this. We have kind of talked a little bit back and forth and prayed about what would be appropriate to share share with you, but uh, but we do hope it's going to be encouraging to you and uh, and also challenging, you know, as we reflect on on uh, on you know the things of Christ. There are a lot of, of things that go along with that that are quite challenging. And uh, some of the stuff that we're going to share here over the next couple minutes will be uh, hopefully kind of hitting the the repeat button from from what you hear from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, when I was a little boy, I loved this uh, Disney movie called Cheetah. I think that was the the title. It was just Cheetah, and I watched the movie Cheetah probably uh, 150 times, and never once did I think this is getting old. I just really loved it, and uh, I think you know the older we get in our walk with the Lord, we learn to love hearing the gospel on repeat, and we just enjoy it and we savor it. And so as you hear some of the things that we talk about uh, here in the next couple minutes, just keep that in mind, that there's a, there can be j- just great joy in hearing uh, the good news, the gospel of Jesus again, like right now, wherever you're at, whether you're driving, whether you're at home, whatever you may be doing, uh, just think about the truth that's going to be laid out here over the next couple minutes, and then just chew on it a little bit, uh, taste the flavor, and uh, enjoy the goodness. So... So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go through kind of four different steps leading up to, to Easter. And, uh, um, you know, the, the scriptures are just, uh, um, the Gospels in particular, really highlight the importance of the last week of Jesus' life. And this week we find ourselves in Holy Week. It was Palm Sunday. And so uh, in the scriptures we know that on Sunday Jesus marched into Jerusalem and uh, and uh, riding in the back of a donkey. And the, the city was saying, Hosanna, Hosanna and laying down palm branches, and then just a few days later, uh, the very people that were saying, Hosanna, uh, uh, your king of kings, lord of lords, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now exactly. Andy, what were the exact words they were saying as he marched in? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I told you we didn't really rehearse this very, very well. Um, but uh, by Friday, those same people who were uh, saying Hosanna is the king or, or, or whatever the exact phrase. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The exact people who were saying that were, were, were calling for his crucifixion. And so what, what happened? And, uh, you know, the Gospel of John is a, is a great kind of a starting point for us as we think about the Gospels. What, what's really interesting is a massive amount, percentage-wise, of the writing of the words our focus in on that last week of Jesus' life. The Gospel of John, the first three years of Jesus' ministry, was was uh, captured in the first uh, 11 chapters. And then the last week of his life, uh, we find in the next 10 chapters, like half the book is devoted to half uh, to three years, and then half the book is devoted to the last week of his life. And uh, so let's consider the resurrection. Let's consider what Jesus has done. So we're going to start by talking about God, and then we're going to jump to, uh, in, in the light of who God is, who is man, and then we're talking about Christ and then his response. And so God, man, Christ, response. And uh, and this is a flow that we follow on Sunday morning, so it may be familiar to you, and I hope it is familiar to you. So Andy, start us off talking about God. So as we talk about uh, the gospel, and particularly this this 
Holy Week and celebrate what Jesus has done. It's helpful for us to kind of to zoom out and see where this fits in the, the timeline of history and what God has done from the very beginning. And so um, we know um, from the very beginning that God created all things, that he uh, created the heavens and the earth, he created animals, he created the planet, he created people. And um, all these all these things now serve to remind us of, of who God is. But not only do we have the revealed creation to tell us about God's nature and his power, we have his word who tells us what he is like and what his nature is. And his word declares him to be holy in Isaiah 6 when um, the prophet Isaiah is brought face to face with God in the throne room and he cries out, Woe to me, I am a man of unclean lips. I'm going to be undone in the presence of such holiness. This is the, this is the God that we serve, that he is he's holy, he's set apart. His ways are not like our ways. We are born um, in sin, stained with Adam's curse, and we are not like God. But when we see God's nature revealed in the scriptures, all the, all the good and holy and commendable things, God is the epitome of all of that. And so he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of that title, holy. And that's the very first thing that we start off with on, on Sunday mornings. We read the word of God and we, we sing about his holiness or his faithfulness or his goodness. And then we move to, uh, in light of that, like Isaiah, we move to our next section, uh, which we we say is man. So it starts off with God and it goes to man. And so who are we uh, in reference to God? And so Jared, I'll pass it to you. Yeah. Well, I think this is one of the things that we find that's unique and also compelling about the Christian faith is that uh, the Christian faith has a diagnosis for for the human condition. And uh, and it's it, again, it's it's so unique. We uh, affirm that that man was created in the image of God. But then we also declare that, that man is sinful. And so all those things that Andy just said about God are absolutely true. And in light of that, we have been told in the scriptures that we have sinned against that God, that we have rebelled against him. And uh, Christianity has the market on so many things, so many, so many things about the message of Christianity. We just, we, I mean, we have, the, we have the corner, we have the market. There's no other message in the world that, that has the, the truth that we contain and a part of that truth we contain is the fact that men are so sinful, men and women are so sinful, that we cannot get to God. We have so sinned against Him that not only can we not get to God, we don't want to get to God. We are so turned into ourselves that, and obsessed with ourselves in our sinful and fallen condition that we actually uh, cast judgment upon God if we believe He exists and fight for our own innocence. That there's, uh, there's re- the rebellion is so deep that uh, that we actually are unable to get to God. Other religions say, yeah, humans, if they are sinful, they're not so sinful that they can't work their way into the presence of God or work, them, work themselves into a right standing with God. Christianity says we are in the image bearers of God, but we are so sinful that we cannot get to God. Which brings us to the third piece. If we're going to have a relationship with God, then God was going to have to do something. And that brings us to Christ. So Andy, back to you. One of the beautiful things about this week is how God has dealt with our sin is not to give us something to do, not to give us a philosophy to think or a set of steps to do to to get right with Him. What He has done is He's actually dealt with our sin in human flesh. 
that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, put on human flesh, added humanity to his divinity, and came down to earth. He actually stepped into time and was born, was physically born. He lived um, suffering the same type of temptations that we are tempted with, the same type of pain, hunger, loneliness, that he did all these things, and yet, as Hebrews tells us, he was without sin. And so, um, Jesus stepped into our history, and we, we celebrate uh, on Easter, in this Holy Week, historical events that actually took place. And that's why the gospel is not, the gospel means news. It's good news. It's not a good way of thinking, or it's not a good set of things to do. It's a declaration that something good has happened. And that is that Jesus has come in the flesh. That he, unlike us in our sinfulness, he lived a perfect life. Never once disobeying his Father. That he um, was completely obedient to the Father in our place. And that he was crucified in our place. That he was our sacrifice for sin. What the Bible calls our propitiation, the, satis- the sacrifice that actually satisfies the wrath of God for his people. And so uh, that, that's the first kind of half of Jesus' work, his incarnation, his crucifixion. But what makes this, this Sunday so um, spectacular, and the, the reason that we actually worship on Sundays is because Jesus was resurrected on what's called the Lord's Day, on, on Sunday. And that changed forever how we worship. And so, um, Jared, why don't you um, elaborate more on the resurrection aspect yeah. of Jesus' work? Well, I, I kind of get a picture in my mind of the resurrection of, like, a hang with me here for a second. It's like an invisible explosion, a little bit. So the moment Jesus is resurrected, it's like there is this this horizontal explosion of ripple effects that goes all the way into history, like before the foundation of the world, and goes all the way to eternity future. And then also goes up and down. So there's cosmic implications from the from the resurrection of Jesus as well that that procures downward a restoration of all things on earth and then also procures upward a restoration of the entire cosmos. And it's like this, if you imagine like an atomic bomb going off, and not exploding, but it, it, but it, it procuring everything that it accomplished through, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, it has these implications that, that just explode everywhere and changes everything. So everything that, uh, everything that was promised in the Old Testament was promised on this future one-day event, our future event in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and then everything in the future um, is the way it is. All that will come to us one day comes to us because of this resurrection event. And so when Jesus resurrects, it procures, it secures a response from sinners, um, both historically, like in this retroactive uh, salvation work of God. Anybody saved in the Old Testament was saved because of the grace of God and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Uh, as they longed for that day when God would do something to save sinners, not knowing exactly what he would do. But then now, as we look back, we look back and respond to God's grace in his life, death, and resurrection because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So that ripple effect, that explosion, at some point in you, the listener's life, you can say, I know when that hit me, or I know the season or the year that that 
that work of Jesus hit me and I believed and repented and trusted in Jesus or grew in my awareness of my sinfulness and, and just all of a sudden started believing in Jesus. And I didn't know why I didn't before, but now I find myself believing in Jesus. And so in the resurrection, we find, and I'm, I'm obviously not hitting all the details here, but in, our, in the, the resurrection, we find that, that God the Father approved of this work, that this work satisfied him. And when Jesus resurrected that moment, it, we can know that our sins are forgiven. We can know that, that the sacrifice was acceptable to God. Jesus did defeat death. And it's so important, so important that we read, the resurrection of Jesus is so important that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, something really powerful. And here's what it says. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. You're still in your sins. Catch that. If Christ was not raised, our sins are not forgiven. Verse 18 says, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope only in this life, we are of all people to be most pitied. So the resurrection is that big of a deal. Verse 20, But in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by death, by man came death, also by man has come also the resurrection of the dead. And so the, the question I think that always lies before us is then, our, you know, this response, this response that was procured, it at some point takes root. And the question is, have you now responded, repented, believed? And for those who have believed, who are in Christ, uh, this week provides a really, th- this week we are provided with an amazing opportunity to just remember, just remember. Andy, what does remembering Jesus' life, death, and resurrection do for your soul? Hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's such a strange thing. There is... Um... There's such a bittersweetness to this week when we we feel the grief of Good Friday when we consider what Jesus went through uh, on our behalf, the fact that all of our sin, all of our unfaithfulness, all of our weakness was laid on Jesus and that he bore them in his body on the tree. Not only was brutally um, executed, but he felt the wrath of God for our sin and that that produces in us a deep grief and makes us you know just as see as Jesus sighed and groaned we we internally sigh and groan thinking that we caused that and um it reminds me of what John Newton said that um in one of his songs he wrote that where shall my trembling soul be hid for i the lord have slain we see the cross as something that was done for us, but also something that was done by us. We, our, our sin merited death. And so when we see the, the cross, we see that God's judgment for our sin is death. But, and so that's kind of our first response in that, that is that, that, um, that tearing grief. But then comes an eruption of, of joy. And I see this even in our singing on Sunday mornings when we get to this portion of our service and we begin to sing about the resurrection of Jesus and, and all the sad things coming untrue. Um, we see a real joy, uh, and that's a deeper joy than than just just mere happiness. It's a joy that's born out of that, out of that grief because, um, because of what Jesus has done. And so we see, um, I see as a worship leader, um, our folks erupt when we sing about Jesus rising from the grave because 
that victory is still resounding, will be resounding throughout eternity. And it's, it's, the, it's the song of the church in Revelation. Uh, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive uh, all worship. And, and he, he was dead, and now he lives, and he holds the, the keys of death and hell. And so that, that's the song that we're going to be singing for all eternity. And so it, it finds an echo even now in our hearts. So this, um, our response, like I said, is first of grief, but then of this, this, of this joy, this kind of intoxicating joy that, that, um, that leaves us uh, better off every time uh, we hear and we sing and we preach this gospel to ourselves through, um, through reading the word and through singing. And so those are some of the effects that, that I personally have felt and I've noticed in our congregation. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think you did a really good job with that. And uh, I think that's a good spot to end on. We really do. We're just praying for you. And we hope this week um, that as you consider, you, you have all those that those range, ranges of emotions. And, and those are good things to be able to feel um, the truth of this week. And it's not just the truth of this week. It's the truth of, of every single week, every single day. Uh, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection on behalf of sinners to the glory of God. Just powerfully good news. And uh, we love you guys, um, and uh, we look forward to, to worshiping with you on Sunday morning. Anything else? Nope. God bless you guys. We'll see you Sunday.